0: You know, there's a difference between a report and a story. A report is, here are the facts, here's what happened, this, and then this, and then this, and this day, and that's not a story. That's, you know, that's what you get in school when they tell you memorize these things. And, you know, that's why school sometimes isn't very exciting, because they just give you reports of, of facts. Welcome to the Athlete Story Podcast, your chance to tap into wisdom from athletes and experts in world class sports. You are about to be taken into a chat about sports careers and related issues between an awesome guest and your listening host, the Sports Insider, repurposed Olympic mogul skier, and former freeride World
1: Tour athlete, Anya Bobia. If you haven't already done so, I hope I can count on you to give Athlete Story Podcast a quick review in iTunes or Stitcher or Google Podcast or wherever you listen to it. That will help this podcast a lot and also help other athletes find us and increase our community. Athletestory.com forward slash podcast is the home base for the show where you can get the show notes, you can get the full transcription, and you can watch the video of the whole show as well. You can, of course, also find Athlete Story on the different social media or me, Anya palpia. if you can spell that. Now that that's out of the way, let's get started with the show. Let's talk about one of the best ways you can leverage your sports career in life after sports, using the stories from your journey as an athlete to help other people. Okay, how do you do this? How can your story help other people? Well, let's look into that because... Once you find that out, you've found gold. That's kind of your education as an athlete. It's what you can bring with you in life. It's your degree. It's one unique asset that you can always contribute with, whether it's to make a point or inspire people to take action on something or shed new light on even an old concept or invent a new product. It's it's not about bragging or about what you did or accomplished. It's about taking other people on a little journey (laughs) that will teach them a lesson or give them an emotion or an aha moment in a way. That's storytelling and that's why I'm super stoked for this episode because I've invited a storytelling champion to share his wisdom and insight with us today. It's ESPN's Emmy Award winning executive editor to the E60 show, Michael Volterra So stay tuned. This is Athlete Story and I'm your host and coach, Anya Bolbia, dedicated to helping athletes like you own your sports career. If you are a world-class athlete or simply into sports, I suggest you subscribe to my show right now because I'll be posting lots more athlete stories and chats with world-class sports insiders and experts. Before we get on course, let me introduce our guest briefly. Michael Balterra's career as a storyteller in broadcasting includes nine years as a producer at ABC News, traveling the world to cover stories and put them into context so that we can relate to them in our own little pond back home. His passion for sport and apparently a great working environment at ESPN led him to become an executive editor for the E60 show. For those of you who don't know the show, it's a weekly sports show magazine style where they bring great sports documentaries that are always relatable and relevant, no matter what the sport or the results, because those stories go way beyond sports Now, knowing Mike, I can already tell you that empathy and the ability to see things from different angles, probably part of what makes a champion storyteller, but let's jump in and see what Mike has to say about what makes a good story and how to pitch it and why he likes to work with athletes. (laughs) That's always good to hear, right? Okay, let's welcome Michael Balterra from ESPN. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show, Athlete Story. Thank you. Mike, you're working at ESPN at a program called E60. That's
0: right. I oversee the show and Mm -hmm. what we do, what I do in particular is um, help select the stories that we're gonna do and then decide how we're gonna tell them. And E60, is a little bit, It's a, we call it a, a news magazine show, so we usually tell in an hour two or three stories that are like mini movies, uh, which are 15 to 20 minutes long, and, and the best way to think of them is they're li- little films.
1: And yeah. the show is on every Sunday morning, is that right?
0: It's uh, Sunday mornings, and uh, it's obviously, ESPN is a sports network, but a lot of the stories that we tell Um, really don't have much much to do with sports. They're about sports people, but they're about everything that happens off the field. So it can be a personal story. It can be a story about politics. Um, You know, we recently did a story about the Syrian national soccer team. Um, It can be about anything, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really not about the game. It's about people struggling with life, doing things in life, just meeting them and things like that.
1: All right. So how does a story qualified to be on on e60 what are you looking for
0: (laughs) i wish i had the magic formula um it really it it comes down to what excites us what we get excited about when somebody either sends us a story or we find a story um the group of us who run the show we sit around and we discuss it and uh we generally know pretty quickly um if it's something you know generally i say is if one of the first questions you hear is, tell me more. Or, you know, then you know you've got a pretty good story going. That's something there. You know, we like to think of it as, have I heard this before? Is it, Are you telling me something new? Are you taking me somewhere new?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, are you introducing me to somebody I've never met and want to know more about? Or are you taking something that I think I knew, mm-hmm. um, presenting it in a different way? So, meet this athlete. You thought you knew who he was or she was. But... Their personal story is completely different than what you think, and right. and so it's really finding things that just show you the world in a different way than what you think it is right,
1: yeah, so in a way, it has to be beyond sports it's yeah, not like yeah. a news word, no, do you think? Exactly. But,
0: mm-hmm. but obviously, there has to be some sports element to it it can't mm-hmm. you know otherwise you know people who are watching the SPN would say, "Well, why am I watching this story?" but you know we use sports as as the starting point so it could be an Olympic athlete who, how did they get to be who they are and the, the personal struggles or just their life story. It can be, we did a story in South Africa about women's soccer players, you know, what are the struggles they have to go through to play in South Africa. And it really doesn't have to do with the sport. It's more about South Africa and living in South Africa. So it's it's things that anybody can connect to, whether you're a sports fan or not.
1: And it's global as I it's hear it. Gold. It's global.
0: yeah. So ESPN is, I think, in almost 180 countries, um, we're broadcast, so we try to appeal, obviously we mainly for the US, um, that's our main channel, but we, we try to do two things. One, do stories that can run anywhere on ESPN, from China to Latin America to wherever, but for the US audience, because I grew up overseas and, and, and uh, still think of myself as being international as much as I can, I try to make sure that the American audience is also aware that it's a big world. It's not just about what's going on in the U.S. So, we've done stories. Uh, you know, right now we're shooting in Argentina. We just recently did a story in Brazil. We're trying to get to um, to Yemen, which is incredibly difficult. But we're we're trying to do stories all over, so we see the whole world, not just what's going on in the U.S.
1: Sounds like a fun job.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I can't complain about that. Yeah.
1: So how how did you get into that? a job. Are you a journalist or what's your background?
0: Yeah, I kind of fell into it. I I, I graduated from college and, and thought you know, I was going to do a very traditional career path um, whether it was business or something like that and I wasn't passionate about it. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who was a journalist and he, he said, why don't you try this? And I tried it and I thought, oh, this is really interesting. I didn't know that you could do this uh, and make a living mm-hmm. and Uh, I did that. I was at ABC News, which is uh, the American um, broadcasting company. Did that for 13 years, covering the world, traveling to war zones and all kinds of things. And ESPN started Week 60, the show that I work on now, which they wanted people who weren't necessarily covering sports, but that covered the world. And it sort of worked. And it's, you know, it takes a little bit of the journalism that I used to do with sports and combines it and, and we get to do stories so that's sort of how I ended up here you know, I never planned
1: it. Well, but yeah. I know you're a good student so I know you would probably, <laughs> probably the, the top easy. choice yeah. well, we'll, we'll tell them we'll tell them later how I know that but. yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay you gotta, you gotta stay to the yeah. end if you want to know why Mike that, and that's I know
0: right.
1: okay if you're an athlete and you say I want my story on e60 yeah. And you have something in mind, of course, not just your... How would you go about pitching it to you guys?
0: The biggest thing is to be honest and open. Mm-hmm. And, and that's very difficult because, you know, you, you're, you're selling your story to sometimes strangers and, and trying to get them interested in, in who you are. And a lot of times that comes with rejection. Some people will be like, oh, I'm not interested. Thank you very much. Or, you know, I, I like to remind people that we get hundreds and hundreds of stories a year that people send us. And we only do 50 or so a year, so that's you know, already. Even if we wanted to do all of them, we could. There's no way we could do all of
1: them. Mm-hmm.
0: So we have to choose. And and sometimes it's, you know, like I said, we, we, some stories are obvious. That's an amazing story. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to decide between two great stories. And and there's no. This one is no good, and this one is good. It's just we're going to choose this one because we think it's better, or it's different, or it's easier to film, or the timing is right. So when you're pitching a story, don't be don't feel down if somebody says no right away. You're going to get a lot of no's. And, yeah. and we've had stories that we've done that are some of our best stories that people tell us, you know, I've been trying to tell this story for, for years and nobody was paying any attention. So just if you believe in the story, yeah. keep selling it. And um, how
1: long and is like a place like yours? How long is the timeline for me get a pitch uh, to you actually have a, a show? <laughs>
0: It, yeah it really depends. I mean some we've done stories that we do in, in two days because they have to get on really fast. Okay. So we go in, we film it, we edit it, we put it on and it's on the air. That's very rare. On average, three to six months, we'll get the story, we'll start filming it, then we go into edit, we watch it, we revise it, we screen it, and then it finally gets onto the air. We've had stories that we've shot over three or four years. You know, again, that's the extreme, but because something in the story keeps changing, or it just—that's just the way it happened. You know, it, we we like to think of it as we want we let the story dictate when it's ready to be told. And if there's something still happening in the story, we we're not done. So mm-hmm. we wait. And and we've had you know more stories than I can remember. Of, you know, two or three years later, it finally airs, and people get very frustrated. It's like, why have you do edit? It's Like, because it's not done yet. You know, we we haven't figured out what happens at the end. Yeah. Or this big thing is happening. So.
1: Yeah, because I guess it has to follow this famous uh, story arc, and you can't just yes, end it on a big open absolutely. loop. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, When you were asking how, how we decide what we want to do and, and sto- when people pitch us stories, the best stories for us are the ones we don't know how they're going to end. So when people pitch us a story and, and it's already done, it's a little bit harder to, for us to dec- to say yes because it's already in the past. and, and, and when you're, when you're filming a story and people already know how it ends, the people you're interviewing or who are telling the story, then it loses a little bit of magic because you're not in the moment. But if, if someone says, this is happening and, you know, for example, if you're doing a story of an athlete and they don't know if they're gonna win the championship or not, you can film before and get that, that excitement or the nervousness and the, the interviews they're telling you about, I, I hope I win, I hope this happens and then we're there for the, the championship game and you see it, mm-hmm. uh, if that's already happened, then it loses that, no matter what you do, you just can't recreate as much of that. Right. So we like to find stories that we don't know what it, where it's gonna end. We know there's gonna be an exciting end, but we don't know if it's gonna end here or there.
1: Okay, I guess I can understand that. It's as if yeah. um, we were gonna go watch a movie. and. Yes. We already knew how it ended, but right? <laughs> yeah,
0: it. It, it. It can still be good. It mm-hmm. can still be good, but it's much more exciting when you don't know what's going to happen at the end. And and you know, we rely on interviews and it, and the people even being interviewed. If they know how it's going to end when you're interviewing them, or they know, you know, I know I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. They they answer questions in a very different way, and it's 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 hard to explain, but you, you can see it when you know if. If, you know, we're interviewing somebody right before they're going to go on to the field to play,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're nervous, they're excited, they don't know what's going to happen. If we interview them after the game, or, you know, two weeks after the game and they already know they lost, it's very different. They don't have the same emotion. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. when we're telling that story, the viewer can tell the difference. Right. So that, that's what we try to find.
1: So you got to think uh, of... Uh that ex- excitement or the surprise yes, factor, and you got to think about the "tell me more." Those are the two yes. important
0: things. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me something, you know. And again, it's uh, it's some ways. It's like when you're at a cocktail party or at a party with with, with new people, and um, do you want to talk to somebody at a party? And they're telling you something so exciting, you don't want to walk away, or they're telling you a story that you already know, and you're like, you can't. You're looking for somebody else to talk to because it's not very interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what it is. All
1: right. And is, are there things that would automatically disqualify a story? Um,
0: <laughs> no, never. I mean, we, we like, they, you know, the nice thing is that we, we have no rules. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, sometimes people ask us, are there certain sports? Are there certain types? Of...? No. We've done stories on everything you can imagine. Obviously, the big sports, Olympic sports and all that. But we've done stories on dog contests, uh, spelling bees, cheese rolling, which is this crazy thing and they do in England where they roll a the cheese down the hill and people try to catch it. That so, does sound crazy. Yeah,
1: it's, it's,
0: <laughs> you, um, you know, and not every story has to be serious. Some of mm. them are fun and some of them are, are crazy and some of them uh, make you cry. But we don't say, oh, we're only doing this type of story because there are a lot of stories out there that that we want to introduce people to that, you know, we did a story on competitive eating, which is, you know, crazy. And. The characters are, are unbelievable. And people were telling us, what are you doing? That's not a sport. It was like, well, it's a competition. And it was great. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. So um, how can you make, if you, you have a story, you have a point, you have a message. Yeah. How would be, what would be a good idea to to kind of build up your story so that you get that yeah. that excitement, Do you ha- is, is there any yeah. formula for that?
0: There's several tips, there's no formula, but there are tips, mm-hmm. things to always remember. One of, the, one of them to me is, is it, does it excite you? Because if it doesn't excite you, then you shouldn't be sh- trying to share it, because then, just, just because you think somebody might be interested, it, you have to be interested in it, and you have to want to tell it. Because mm-hmm. um, that, that comes across when you're sharing it with people and trying to pitch it, but also you're you're, you're a member of the audience. You know, if, if you're interested, then there's going to be somebody else that's interested out there. So if you're not interested, then find another story. Uh-huh. Um, and part of that is, what is interesting about the story? What makes that story interesting to you? What makes it exciting or emotional? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? And those are the things, you know, we like when we're putting our stories together. One of the things we, we remind people is, you know, there's a difference between a report and a story. A report is, here are the facts. Here's what happened. This and then this and then this and this day and that's not a story. That's you know that's what you get in school when they tell you memorize these things, and you know that's why school sometimes isn't very exciting because they just give you reports of, of facts. Uh-huh. The story takes that timeline of, of of the report and and takes you up and down. You know this was the high when people were very high. You know excited and happy. And then all of a sudden something happened here, and they went down. And they were this was when they were really down in the story. And then they would go back up. And then so the, the story is the up and down, and right. that's what we want. Don't tell me the facts because the facts are easy. Everybody knows the facts. Tell me the, the ups and downs.
1: So what you're saying is you got to involve the emotions behind.
0: Absolutely, the and and, and that's where the scary part is because you have to be. You have to tell me. You know, one of the one of the first things we ask when we do stories about athletes is. What was, what was the moment when you were the lowest? Mm-hmm. And that's a very vulnerable, if they're honest, that can be very vulnerable. But yeah. that's mm-hmm. when it gets really good, when they tell you honestly, what was the worst moment? And what was your best moment? And then, if they're honest, then, you, then the, the rest is easy, because then you can, they can have to explain why and how, how did they get there. If they're not honest, then mm-hmm. it's not an interesting story. Yeah. If they just say what you expect, then it's not very good.
1: And do you ever do stories where the people involved actually don't really want to be in that story?
0: Oh, all the time. <laughs> One of the biggest part of our job is convincing people to do it. And, and I'm always amazed because I think, gosh, if somebody asked me to do this, I probably would say no, because it's, again, it's very personal. And, and you're, we're asking people to talk about their best moments, but also their worst moments when they're vulnerable. What things upset them? How hard it was to do something to, you know, come back from an injury or think that your career is over, whatever it is. And then we're asking them to, to let cameras film that, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and go into their lives with cameras, and whether it's at home or their family, or that's very personal. So um, a lot of our job is convincing people to let us do that, and, and the way we do it is to say, listen. We're going to be honest. We're not going to, you know, and we're going to be respectful. We're not going to just show up and, and, and be um, disrespect your life and your experience. We're there to listen to you. And what we find is that most people, the vast majority, at the end of the process, are very, very happy with it. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean that they love the story. That just means that they understand what we did and how we did it. And that for some people, it's it's like a it's like therapy. They get it out and. and you know, they share things with sometimes family members that family members didn't know um, or, or fans or whatever it is or, or things that they didn't even realize. So it's overall just a positive thing. Yeah.
1: But if you're if you've done something bad, like if you're Larry Nasser, or. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: And then how do you how do you go get get the story?
0: Yeah. Um, well, we, there I mean, sometimes you'd be surprised. Sometimes people like that want to talk. Um, and and. You know, we, we talk a lot about when we interview somebody like that, what are, what are the questions and, and how are we going to approach it? Because we don't want to get into a yes, you did it, you didn't do it, you did it, you did it, because that doesn't you know that does go anywhere. So we want to, we, we spend a lot of time getting our interviews prepared and, and how we're going to do it and, and the questions we're going to ask. And like again, sometimes you'd be surprised. People say yes to interviews for a million different reasons. Some people are are narcissists and they love to be in front of a camera. Some people think that they're right and they'll try to explain why they're right and and you're amazed Mm -hmm. that they sit down. I mean we've had athletes who were accused of using performance enhancing drugs, um, sexual abuse, violence, they sit down and they try to explain why they're right or their side of the story and that's what we tell them. like, We're just here to, to hear your side of the story so this is your opportunity to tell us that. Um, sometimes they say no, and if they say no, then we have to decide, is it worth trying to tell the story without the person? And sometimes we can't. I mean, Larry is a perfect example. We did a full hour on him, and obviously he didn't sit down, but we had all the people um, who accused him, all the people who worked with him, and you can tell a story a lot of times without the person, as long as you have other people around who know him or her. Um, We did a a full hour on Sepp Blatter of FIFA, um, and, and he never he refused to sit down with us, but we did it because we had a, a lot of people who had worked with him, who knew him, who grew up with him, and could tell his story without him there.
1: And other places you wouldn't go in a show like that.
0: <laughs> what do you mean, physically uh, <laughs> or like
1: Well, politically or uh...
0: Uh, we never say no, which is good and bad. Um, the one thing we 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 respected are. are people's privacy, if they don't, you know, if private people, not public people, because that's a whole different category, if private people, I mean, we, this when you report and you find out things, there are things that you have to decide, is this something we want to make public or not? And, and you know, we have long discussions about the impact that that has and, and why we would make it public if it's a private person. And, and, some, and sometimes we decide, you know, it's not as journalists and as people, we can't do that because there's no reason to do that. Other times, if they're public figures or it's for the greater good, even though it might be uncomfortable, we, we decide we have to report it and put it in the story. So it, it, it really depends. We do it case by case because, again, it's, it's hard to say, this is how we're going to handle it every time. But the way I like to think of it is if it happened and it's real, then we, should, we shouldn't we should shy away from it. And a lot of times we, we take on topics like Larry Nasser or all kinds of things in sports that people want to try to avoid. We don't want to avoid them. We want to talk about them. What we don't do is take a side. You know, mm-hmm. if we do something that's political, we won't choose a side. We'll just say, here's here's the issue, here's what we know about it, and hopefully at the end of the story, you can discuss it and decide what you think. But, you know, we did a, a story, healthcare in, in the US and health insurance is a big problem, because. There are a lot of people who don't have health insurance, and especially young athletes who are in school. If they get injured, some of them don't have any health insurance. So we did a big story about that, but it wasn't about how should the U.S. handle, like, what should they do? What should the politicians do? It was just about the athletes. If you get injured. Here's what your life is going to be like because you may not have insurance, and then we let people decide what they think about that and how it should be solved. But we don't. We don't take a position.
1: Right. I know that. There's quite a few former athletes working yes.
0: at ESPN. Yes, a
1: lot,
0: a lot. A lot. <laughs> most, most, most of, I'd say probably 30 to 40%, if not more. I mean, probably more because there are professional athletes who were incredibly successful who work here, but also everybody else here loves sports generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so they either played in high school or college or in some way. So there, there are a lot of athletes here which makes sense because we we do sports.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But are there any other reasons why ESPN likes to use use athletes?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, the obvious is you have to love what you're doing. So Mm -hmm. we cover sports. We talk about sports all the time. So obviously people who have competed have an immediate connection to that and a passion. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as someone who didn't play sports as a high level. What I see, and when we hire people, what's great about having former athletes is that work ethic, unbelievable. I mean, you know, you you can't find people who can focus and be dedicated in the way that former athletes are. Um, Passion, um, teamwork, I mean, all the things that it takes to be a competitive athlete make you generally an unbelievable worker, Mm -hmm. a colleague. So those things, you know, I used to work at ABC News, which is a completely different environment. Here, um, I always laugh. At, it's, it's like when, when when we focus on a goal at ESPN, everybody's focused, and it gets done in ways that I've never, I've never used <laughs>
1: before.
0: And that's because everybody has that background as an athlete and, and, and the passion. When they have the goal, then, then they know what they need to do to get there, and they're not going to generally stop until they do it. So I think that makes... He has been incredibly, a fun to work at and b mm-hmm. successful. I mean, you see, it, I, I see it every day. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, people are here late. They're working hard. In the same way that you know, when you're training for something, you, you don't stop when 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 the game is over. You keep going and you think about how do I get better? How do I do the next thing? And that's the same same thing when we're hiring people. It's like, this is the type of person we want because. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna just do what we ask them. They're gonna do that and then they're gonna think about what can I do next? What can I get to make it better? How do I go to the next step?
1: Okay, so let me just linger a little bit on that because that's sweet yeah. music yeah. in my ear. <laughs> and probably in most of the people listening too. Yeah. So if you're an athlete and you just retired or about to retire or yeah. you're looking for a job, yeah. just find confidence in what Mike just said that yes. you have these qualities. And, no question.
0: Um, no question. And, and, and you'd be surprised how many people don't have those qualities. So it's it, 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 beca- it sets you apart so quickly, so quickly, that you already have a track record, no pun intended, of, of, of achievement, of, of high-level achievement. That to me is, you know, if you've achieved in one field, you can transfer that to any other field. Because a lot of times people ask me, you know, well, how do I get into TV? How do I do this? It's like, We can teach you those skills, the the day-to-day, like how do I press the button on this and how do I do that? What I can't teach you is hard work, passion, desire to to succeed, team effort, all that stuff. That I can't teach you. I can ask you, but I can't Mm -hmm. teach you. I can teach you all the other stuff of how how does E60 make it a story. I can help you get along that. The other stuff, it's people who've been doing it for a long time and it's immediately, you're in that top percentage. Of people that walk in looking for a job.
1: Okay, so while we're at that, is in the recruiting thing, yeah. is there a balanced gender balance to respect, or is because it seems to be very male dominated? Yes,
0: route. I mean, it, 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 um, I mean, absolutely. Especially in the U.S., um, for for sports networks, it's, it's for a long time been heavily male. That's changing, and, and that's changing a lot. Thankfully, because every, everywhere it's changing. I can only talk about ESPN because mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking at. ESPN is owned by Disney, and Disney has made an incredible effort, and ESPN has made an incredible effort, to sort of knock down barriers and, and make everything available to everybody. Um, and and I, I've seen, I've been here 10 years, I've seen a change from when I got here to today of just walking into the office and who's there, and, and who's in charge of things and who's doing what than 10 years ago. It is completely different. Um, and again, ESPN, No, I mean, it's the way we look at it is, why would we not try to appeal to everybody? Mm-hmm. Because that means your audience is much bigger. So, you know, there are always initiatives about international stories. Like, of course we want to appeal internationally to women, to younger, to certain sports. They're constantly looking, so it's becoming much more open to, to everybody. It's not, it's not there yet, but it's getting there. It's getting, it's going in the right direction. Um, but that, again, that's something, you know, when, when we talked about how do you pitch a story or how do you pitch yourself, it's like, you know, what makes you unique and different, whether it's the sport you play, who you are, your background, use that to your advantage as opposed to like, well, every, I'm not like everybody else. That's a plus. You're not like
1: everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> I like to say that that um, like some people have an MBA and you have your athlete story. So yeah, don't absolutely. try to use all your power to fit in. Use yeah. that to stand out and, and exactly. make a difference. Exactly.
0: It's, it's there, we, we get a lot more people with MBAs coming in for interviews than, than, than people with unique athlete stories. Mm. That's much more exciting.
1: So... Uh, Talk about this whole development of, of, of ESPN and, and the sports TV. How do you see the future of, of sports on TV with all, with, uh, all these new opportunities for uh, yeah. self-broadcasting uh, and doing like what I'm doing with Athlete Story and uh, my little scale? <laughs>
0: yeah, I, th- I think there, there, there are, what I see, there are two, two ways of thinking of it. There are, there are people you know, at ESPN, people are very scared. It's like, oh my gosh, it's changing so fast. Technology is changing. Our kids can watch games on the on their phone, and they don't have, and they get scared and think, how do we protect what we have? You know, okay. big network TV, we, we control everything. Then there are other people who say, you know what, this is a great opportunity because. I, I, I like to think of it that way. It's like, you know, I, I watch my kids. They can watch any sport at any time, however they want, whenever they want. That's fantastic. It lets you think of like, okay, so what do we do with that? And, and, and it lets you be more creative. It's harder in some ways because there are more people doing it. But what we like to think of is like, if we do it better than everybody else, we're still, people are still going to come to us and watch it or to whoever. The, the goal is always quality. Just do it really really well and offer people something that they can't get anywhere else and and that's the key I, yeah. people will immediately know if it's good or not and that does, and, and, and they will decide is this worth my time am i going to spend time doing this and that's what you have to focus on not oh my gosh there's so many people out there no it's fine There are always going to be a lot of people but are you doing telling them something that they want to hear uh, or want to see and that's the key yeah. And, 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 and
1: if you can keep surprising them, I guess, with your
0: absolutely. rolling company, cheese and... <laughs> it's the hardest thing and it's very easy, you know, and we've seen it a million times of companies that were the top and then 10 years later they're gone. Hmm. I mean, especially now things move so fast. There was a time where Apple was almost bankrupt, you know, and now <laughs> look at it and, and, you know, MySpace and a, bu- a bunch of companies that just don't exist anymore. Look mm-hmm. at the record business. So that's going to keep happening. So, you know, a lot of what our boss is on the show and what we try to do is, okay, we had last year was great, fantastic. Now we have to work harder because last year was fantastic. What do we do differently? We can't just keep doing the same thing because the audience has, can, will, will, will leave as soon as they, they get bored or they find something better. So we have to keep changing. Um, and that's hard because you want, what you want to do is like, that was a great year. Let's just do it again and do it again. No, we have to change it.
1: Yeah, well, I guess uh, being a Disney Corporation, <laughs> uh, you're kind of the kings of reinvention and staying relevant. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, that's that's what they put. That's what they they want us to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, they also own a lot of TV stations, and and TV is you know it's changing. And the 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 is it going to be there in ten years? Probably not the way we know it, because mm-hmm. it just as a business, it, it doesn't work. But People will still want to watch things. It'll just be different. So, yeah, but I mean, what, what Disney does is they realize, and they're a pretty good example, they realize, you know what, the way we did business, just it, it's completely changed. So that's why they started, they bought ESPN, they bought, you know, Pixar and Lucasfilms and Marvel Comics, and now they're starting their own um, Netflix type business because they realize. That's how people are getting things now. We, we can't just sit here and say, oh, we're Disney. We're so big. People will still come to us. No. So so, will it work? Hopefully, because we all want it to work. But that's a risk. And they're changing it completely, knowing that they have to. They have no choice. Either, either they're going to change it or they're going to disappear at some point.
1: Well, I guess sports has the advantage of as long as it's the, the coverage of big events that those yeah. events are there Absolutely. <laughs> and,
0: well, yeah.
1: and you can't just go out and copy that.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's, and that's, again, to, you know, if you're an athlete, you understand that, like there's, there's a power in, you know, whatever your sport is, whatever, like people want to watch that hmm. at in the moment, not like in three weeks or whatever, like they want to watch. it. Those are moments. Um, that are happening live that people want to watch, and you, if you understand that and you know, un, use that, then that's there's power in that.
1: So um, let's say that I am an athlete and I'm preparing for the next Olympics. Yeah. And I think oh, it would be so cool if they would just bring my uh, story up to the Olympics so that people know a little bit more. Maybe yeah. they'll follow me during the yeah. Olympics. Can they send uh, their pitch to E60?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We 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 you know we get stories from everywhere, from from directly from athletes, from agents, from book publishers, from families, grandmas on the show send things in. Like it doesn't matter. We'll, if it's a good story, we'll follow it. And and you know the key is to again present it in a way that makes you want want to know more, mm-hmm. or that is you know. If you're an Olympic athlete, know that sort of my my event is it, it happening in at this point in time. When should I start pitching it? Because if it's too early, nobody's going to really pay attention, and if it's too late, nobody's going to care. So know that moment of when it's right to do, and and use that. And I always tell people, don't be afraid to. I mean, again, it's so much easier now to reach people, whether it's email or LinkedIn or Skype, whatever. You can just reach out to people. You'd be surprised how easy it is to reach out. And sometimes they ignore you and sometimes that's fine. Don't don't take it personally. But you'd be surprised how often they they respond. And you can at least have a communication with them. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. But don't reject it yourself before you – like let other people reject your story before – you, you do you because do, if you even yeah. try, then it's then it's never going to happen. You know, there's nothing more satisfying than finding something in your inbox or a message somewhere that's like, "Here's a hey, hi, here's a great story," and you say, "That is a great story," and you immediately reply because you, you recognize it. So,
1: so how what if you if there's like a ratio of, of pitched stories to the stories that you've dug out somehow yeah. using <laughs> your <laughs> Uh,
0: oh, I've I found most of them myself. Yeah. No,
1: <laughs> you <laughs> invent them. Uh, no, it, 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 it's, it's, you
0: know, it's from everywhere. I'd say it's all over the place. You know, obviously our staff is always looking for stories, so that helps because they're constantly looking and we know what we want. Sometimes you, you just stumble into something and you think, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Some, You know, I'd say 40% comes from our staff. Um... 20% from people outside, another 20% just randomly, and then the rest is who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the key is figure out when is the right time to, to pitch your story and how to pitch it, and pitch it to the right people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get story pitches that are like, this is a great story, but it's not for us. You know, It's not a story that we would do. Um, so
1: how do you find out who's the right people?
0: Um, you, you watch, and, and you know, so for example, if you try to tell us a story about a politician, and this is obviously an extreme example, we're like, that's a great story, but we don't do stories on politics. Mm-hmm. So know the people you're like, know what they produce, you know, whether it's their okay, show. So you like, mean,
1: you know, know your media. But yeah, what about who to pitch it to? In Because it's, there's not just you there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again. Do a little research. I mean, and, and sometimes it's, you know, when I started, I would watch the end of the show and see the credits. Who's ah. there? And then and get names, write them down, and then and find their email. And it's, a lot of times it's really easy because emails are a formula. It's like usually last name, or first name, last name, at company.com. Right. And you can find it. Or do a Google search, mm-hmm. find their in page. Um, talk to people, like whoever you know, pop them an email. and. People love to talk about themselves. So if you send them a question and say, hey, can you? I'd love to hear more about you and your experience, most people will be like, yes, absolutely, I want to tell you about me. Don't be shy about that. Because even if you send 100 emails or, 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 or texts or whatever, and you only get 30 back, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That, that's a huge, huge amount. I mean, you probably only get 10 back. But mm-hmm. that's already – you've gotten 10 connections. And – Um, If I get a call and it's something that I know isn't for us, I'll be like, if I know somebody, I'll say, you know what? This might work with this other show at ESPN or somebody I know. If I think it's a good idea, I'm not just going to throw it away. I'm just going to say, wait a minute. This might be good for our other show. Mm -hmm. So the more you you push your story and find the people and talk to people, the more eventually it's going to land where it should land. But a lot of times people just, I mean, again, the other side of that is, Sometimes we get emails and we never hear back from people. Again, if that person isn't interested enough in their story to call me or to try to reach out to me, then why should I try to reach out? It's, you have to show the, the passion, otherwise it's not. We're not gonna try to follow up. Yeah, And again, it's very, it's very easy to find who's, you know, if, if I was interested in your podcast, I'm, I'm sure I could find your, your contact information. And I'd write an email to Anya and say, Hey Anya, I love what you did. Can you tell me more about that? Or here's an idea for a show or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: how that that works much better than any other way of doing it.
1: Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna send you an email tomorrow. That's right. No, I'm just thinking, um, like if you're an athlete and you you got injured or you like you you're preparing for the big event and you got injured or something happened that kind of messed up your plan totally. And you're like, am I going to make it now? And what's happening? Am I going to lose my sponsors? Am I going to lose my funding? What you could do, if I understood it right, is you could pitch this story as a what's going to happen to me now kind of story. And then um, maybe you would want to follow if you were preparing for the Olympics and you got this injury. And now is she even going to be able to compete at the...
0: Absolutely. That's... that's, that's a lot of the stories that we do are just that mm-hmm. you know our athletes who tell us i don't know if, if this is it for me mm-hmm. um, we did um, earlier this year lindsay vaughn and you know most people know a little bit about her story so we wanted her to talk more about the injuries and the times when she thought her career was over mm-hmm. and and you know when she was going to stop and and what it would take and You know, her grandfather passed away, who she was very close to, and she thought she wouldn't be able to to come back from it. So that's what makes the story interesting because um, the least interesting stories that we do are the ones that the person started here, they trained really hard, they got really, really good, they were better than everybody else, and they won the championship. That's so boring because nothing ever happens. Mm -hmm. The stories that are great are-
1: The ups and downs.
0: Nobody expected me. I was really bad, and then I got really good. But then I got injured, and, I, and the doctors told me I would never play again. But I, I came back, and then something else happened. And I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I came back, and then I won. That's those are the stories we all love because
1: sounds like my story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, that's Asian identity. We've, all, we've all had ups and downs, and that's what you want to see. It's you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be an Olympic athlete, but I can identify with someone who's mm-hmm. had over, tried, been down, and, and wanted to give up, but didn't and fought back. And that's what you want to see. And that's what sports is great at is that there's so many examples of people who fought through that, whether it's pain, um, losing their sponsors, uh, injuries, whatever, and they fight back. And that's what, why people love to watch the games and our shows, is because you get inspired and you think, they did it, I can do it, whatever whatever I do in life. But, but the, the, the
1: growth or the, or the development of that person in the story could actually also be, doesn't have to be results wise, it could be, I learnt this. I was uh, the, this cocky, stupid, whatever, and then yeah. this thing happened and now I know that uh, humility and <laughs> and that's, respect that's, are good values that I'm going yeah, to... Absolutely, and
0: that's, that's, you know, for us, it's that's the, the, the cornerstone of, of storytelling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Person starts here, if they, at the end they're still that same person, that's not a good story. They start here and at the end they're a different person. And, you know, that can be whatever you want it to be, but they have to be a different person because We've seen them go through a lot of things mm-hmm. and then at the end, they're more humble or they're more appreciative or they're, whatever it is, they're different at the end. And, and you know, um, a lot of times our stories don't end well.
1: Mm-hmm. They don't
0: like the athlete doesn't win,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that's fine. That's, that's, sometimes that's more interesting than if they win yeah. um, because yeah. that's real life. That's like, you know, a lot of times it doesn't work out. But That's okay.
1: I'm so glad you say this because <laughs> a, a lot of athletes will say, "Well, I never won anything. I'm, i What am I going to go out do speeches about?" But it, it's just the opposite, almost like it's it's it makes you've more been more yeah. Yeah. more.
0: You have a better perspective, and, and I can say this from a like the, the, the professional athletes who work, you know, former professional athletes who work at ESPN the ones who tend to be, and this is a generalization, who Mm -hmm. tend to be better at their job are not the ones that were superstars.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, most of the good analysts and commentators were, you know, average, and I say average, you know, they weren't superstars Mm -hmm. because they have a a different perspective. And so when they comment on a game, they're they're more insightful, and they have more interesting things to say, and they can give you, you know, think about things. Um, The superstars sometimes, they they can't connect because they were superstars and so they were always winning and they were always great so they don't they don't understand why not every, why everybody isn't great right. and and so that's an advantage I mm-hmm. mean you can you know just because you weren't the champion doesn't mean you can't be a great sports broadcaster or a great storyteller in sports or whatever it is um, you probably have a bigger experience and know more about the sport because you were watching more, you were paying more attention, and you had to work harder, so for sure. Oh. Absolutely. Well, th-
1: <laughs> thank you so much for all this, because um, I just, I hope that you just inspired a lot of athletes who were to go out and tell their story, to yeah. go out and use their story and leverage it to 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 bring value to other people's lives through what they've been through, so. Yes.
0: Yeah. One of the things that we say, you know, sometimes our producers come back to it, like, oh, I, I I wanted to do a story on this person, but they don't have a story, really a good story. And most of the time is yeah, we just haven't found the story that they have because we all have a story. We all have you have to have at least one good story. Well, yeah. It, it just you just haven't figured out. Yeah, I was just
1: going to say we we all have
0: it have, many story. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to figure out how to tell it yeah. and, and how or, and also how to tell it to the people that are interested. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, everybody has a great story. And, and that's the key to find which one it is you want to tell, and to the right people. And, and once you do that, then it, it all works. Then it's easy.
1: And if if I just uh, hold on to what you just said before, if that story can show some kind of a transformation, you
0: absolutely, absolutely, that makes it a good story. <laughs> in a, in, a, in any competition, we don't end up in the same place. You don't like everybody's not in the same place from when you begin to the end. That's the same thing with stories. It's like. There have to be people who are up and people who are down at the end, and that's mm-hmm. that's what we're looking for. Is like that change, uh, like what happened? Tell me how it happened and what happened. And at the end, we're all different, you know. Different. We have a different view of life or experience or your sport because you just did that.
1: Yeah, and now then and then let us in on the whole emotional yeah.
0: and yeah roller coaster. You know, coaster
1: you
0: know, in <laughs> athletes, know that. athletes know that better than everybody because every competition is an emotional up and down. Mm-hmm. Every competition, you know you know that at any minute you could be at the top or any minute you could be at the bottom mm-hmm. in a second. So that's...
1: Yeah, but what yeah. every athlete also knows is pretty much how to control those emotions. And yes. <laughs> it, according to what you're saying, if you, if you want to make your story great and relatable, and yeah. it's not about controlling your emotions. Now it's about letting it's about, people in. And yeah, Feeling and it that, with you, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah being, being honest. And mm-hmm. some people are honest and it's not emotional but it's powerful,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: some people are honest, and they're incredibly emotional. Right. Um, and, and yes, that you're right, for athletes, that's sometimes the hardest thing is to just let go and, and realize, don't try to control this, just be honest. Mm-hmm. Tell me the, the truth, whatever you see the truth to be, and it, that's what people like to see in stories. I mean, think about, in sports, the most memorable, powerful moments for you in, 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 in any competition, it's when the athlete is celebrating or crying or getting emotional. So that's what you remember, not the, when they were in complete control usually, it's like the moments where they let go of that. And that's the same thing for the stories. Like you have to show that because that's what people connect with.
1: Yeah, yeah. excellent. Well, thank you so much. I think this has been <laughs> great, pleasure. great, great help. Great tips there. for you. Yeah, awesome. So should we tell them how, how I know you're a good student? Yeah, well, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so the thing is, back in the days, yeah. um, Mike and I went to the same high school in, yeah. at the American School of Paris. And the reason why we're here talking today is that we actually just had a little reunion not so long ago. And I asked Mike if he wanted to come and share some of his insider yeah. wisdom yeah, no. from sports. <laughs> sports. So, thank you so yeah. much for doing this. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, again. Uh, All
0: right. Talk to you soon.
1: Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Athlete Story. You are awesome. If you are yourself a world-class athlete or former, don't hesitate to come over on athletestory.com and check out more free stuff and resources to help you thrive in and benefit from your sports career. Dare to prepare. Then get yourself out there. Stay in touch.